High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. One person, of course, who isn't in denial is my next guest because she works with numbers and there is no denial. It's Deirdre Cullen, Senior Statistician at uh, the CSO. Uh, Deirdre, welcome to the programme. Thanks, George. All the information available on CSO.ie. But I think you're looking at it. Every week is interesting, but this week... House prices on everybody's lips, so I'm really agog at what you're going to come up with. Well, um, it's six months, I think, since I last was in here talking to you about house prices. And um, like you say, we've covered a lot of other areas since, so I thought I'd come back to it today. Um, The CSO released the the April house price index only this morning. So I'm talking about something that's hot (laughs) off the presses for a change. Uh, The headline figure is that uh, house prices continue to rise and nationally they're up 10.5% over the past year. Now, last time I was in talking to you, they were up 6.8%. So, uh, you know, they just continue to go up. But 10% is interesting. Like, I don't know what the average price, although you're going to tell me, I'm sure, in a minute. But, But like, if you're talking about 250, 300 kind of stuff. Mm. 10% is not 25 or 30,000 onto the price of a house. Well, if you can imagine if you were trying to save for a deposit, like it's wiped out. It's wiped out within the year, you know, and and I'd say you're just running constantly to catch up at at the moment. Um, So 10% nationally uh, within that houses up uh, 10.5%, houses up 10.5% and apartments up 9.8%. So apartments up slightly less. Um, Dublin city houses are up uh, 11.1%. Of course, Dublin will continue to have the highest uh, prices. But the largest increases that we can see were in the West and uh, in in the border counties where prices are up 16 and 17 percent in in those areas. Now, would that be caused by the fact that they they might be catching up, that they mightn't have risen for a few years? And the reason they're growing suddenly is that they're catching up with what's happening around I, the rest of the country. I would think so. I think when we the CSO first started producing this index, we you know we were definitely well we were indicating falls, of course, continuing falls because the 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 trough, if we call it that, was in early thirteen, um, and then Dublin started to accelerate, and the rest of the country had to play catch up. But so. Galway, for instance, was always a fairly expensive place to live. Housing yeah. wise, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I think the cities generally, you know, yeah. and within the urban areas and, you know, we are an increasingly urban country. You know, I've been in here talking about the census statistics and how we're now 62% of us live in urban areas and 37% in, in rural okay, areas. Okay, now there's an so, interesting thing here. Can you tell me? Like, uh, can can you tell me, like, by house, for instance, like, are, do, are three bedrooms going up faster than five bedrooms or whatever? Have you that kind of information? No, we don't. So well, so what we do is, so our statistics are based on um, filings with the Revenue Commissioner, stamp duty returns. Oh, yeah. And we just measure the, the price index of houses uh, bought by householders. So the self-bills aren't in this, are the, the um, properties bought by commercial interests and stuff like that. Um, and then 
then it's it's an index that's um, it's called uh, heterogeneous, and that means when you're looking at two houses, <laughs> heterogeneous, <laughs> het- heterogeneous. Oh, so right. houses are a bit like people, which means no two are exactly the same. All right. <laughs> so even two houses next door to each other on the same street in Dublin Six, you know, one might have you know a very swanky patio or something like that, and you know, yeah. or one might have bad neighbours. And so um, when the CSO compiles the index, it tries to remove those components. So location and geography from the the index and then just tries to reflect pure price increases. Yeah, um, but but interesting talking about geography, though. I mean, certainly within Dublin, I mean, certain areas of Dublin, like my beloved Dublin 18, the price of houses would be higher than, I better not mention, somewhere else for fear of offence, but but it would be higher than somewhere else, isn't that so? No, of course. And like, so let's have a look. Let's just step back there for a minute before we go into that. So the average price of a house in Ireland um, in April 17 was 240 that's just taking the properties that were sold in the month of April. Okay. Uh, there was 2,488 transactions or filings with the revenue commissioners. Now that's down 7.8% on April a year ago. So the, the volume of houses being, if you like, turned over is down. And the average price was 243,000 in the month of April. So if we have a look then in Dublin, it varies hugely across Dublin. The largest average price in April, now this was in April 14 and Listeners have to remember the reason we compile an index and we don't just talk about average prices is there can be a very small number of transactions, three or four or five or maybe just 10 or 20 houses sold in Dublin 14. And if one of them went for two and a half million, it's going to pull up the average. Remember, I was explaining before. And so I think for the first time today, the CSO is also producing median prices as well as averages, because when you look at the median, that one single house that went for two and a half million, the distortion isn't there. So to get back to it then, within Dub- Dublin 14 had the highest average price. So not Dublin 18. <laughs> Dublin 18 was 501,250 euro and Dublin 14 was 562,000. Um, so quite a bit dearer in but April. I mean, you it's know, for huge money. There'd be, yeah, there'd be a ton of people listening who are saying to themselves, "Like, but I couldn't afford five over five hundred thousand for a house." No, now that is the average, and so you know, within that, there could be one or two very high values, and yeah. then so people can go onto the website and see the median values. You know, because I, I don't like to totally bombard people with numbers, but the median values are all there available as well. And um, the lowest price in Dublin was Dublin twenty. Uh, 214,000. So Where's 22? Do you I know? think that's around the Clondalkin area. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dublin 24, 254,000. Um, where am I? Dublin 11, 217,000. So where I am, it takes in Glasnevin North and Finglas and uh, parts but of Ballymon, 218,000. Yeah, it, it does show, like, which we've always known in Dublin, that geography is crucial, like the old estate agents thing of location, location, location still rings true. It still That's rings the one. true. Yeah. And like, remember, I mean, these are postcodes. So even within Dublin 11, there would be big variety, you know, where I live, you know, yeah. between certain parts. So and I'm sure it's the same all over, you know. So, you know, the certain those now, good areas are popular yeah. areas and less popular areas. Now, uh, do you do because the filings are with the revenue then, you don't don't really know whether like it's uh, a family of five people are buying the house or whether it's a single person are buying the no, house. No, no, we don't have that. Now, we do have information on whether or not it was first time buyers or whether or oh, not yeah, it was Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So if we have a look, 
over the whole past year, there's been 37,413 transactions altogether with the revenue commissioners and 25% of them were first time buyers. So 9,552. So a small enough uh, amount. And uh, then another uh, half of them were former owner occupiers. And then the rest were... Um, what do you mean by former owner-occupants? So if you moved house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. so you're so moving from So that was the other 75%, wasn't and it? And then there's uh, household non-occupiers. So people may be buying them for their son or daughter. Or, All right, yeah, okay. And what thing. percentage um, was that, the non-occupiers? Well, it was the balance, 23% or something, yeah. Right. So it's still quite but, big. But and then if we look yeah. at, sorry, I'll just, we'll while do, I have yeah. it, just for the month of April, um, so I have 2,488 transactions and only 204 of them were for new uh, bills and the rest were for existing properties. So again, the the new bill figures and like there's, of course, there's been huge attention recently on house building and how many properties are being made available. Um, so the new bills are still quite low. Now, this can be difficult and there are some notes up on the CSO website for people who are genuinely want to get into more detail on this. So self-bills aren't included in this and, you know, there's some other nuances around that that definition of a new yeah. build and the CSO are looking at producing more better data in that area. Yeah, but having said that, like, particularly in relation to housing and Simon Coveney, uh, I don't know whether he'll keep the portfolio or not, but obviously he's been talking a lot about that since he took over. The, all your figures do, of course, is actually confirm the sort of anecdotal feeling that we're not building enough houses. Your figures confirm that. Then they f- confirm that how hard it would appear to be for first-time buyers to buy a house because the vast bulk of people buying houses these days, they're, they're going up, or, they're moving up or moving down, this case maybe. Yes, no, you're right. And so, you know, you're selling a house, you're already in a better position. You know, you're not starting from scratch. And when we talk about prices going up by 10%, you know, even houses at the lower end of the scale. So I think Longford is the cheapest in the country. They had the lo- It had the lowest average price in April 2017 uh, with an average price of uh, €79,600. Yeah. But Let's I th- all head to Longford. I think there was a lot of Celtic Tiger properties built in, in Longford, are, you know. And are. when we produced census statistics and we looked at employment in construction, there was huge numbers of people in well, Longford uh, working in construction. And I guess some of those properties now are probably coming on stream, you know, maybe some that were former ghost estates and being finished. And so that's the average price. Now, now just hang on a minute here. I want to reintroduce it, lest everybody doesn't recognise the dulcet tones of Deirdre Cullen, chief statistician at the CSOs with me every week uh, talking this kind of stuff in numbers that talk. Now, can I get back to Longford for a minute? Yeah, please. When we were all going mad, you know, when everybody was buying houses for a million bucks and all this kind of stuff, I remember reading ads in the papers that were talking about Longford as the commuter belt for Dublin. Yeah. They were advertising them. So, like, but now, be really interesting, like, if you were retired, you know, they want all old people to die or leave their houses or whatever. It'd be really interesting if you were living in Dublin 14, where the average price is 562,000. You're going to get half a million for your for Correct. your pad. Yeah. yeah, you could trouser half a million yeah. and live in, in Longford. In Longford. Well, you know, now who, like, that looks like a very low average price to me, you know, so that could have been 
you know, a, a particular housing estate I or property it, that yeah. came on stream. I, but look at the... The, the difference in prices across Ireland is remarkable. So if we look at it at a county basis, uh, Dunleary rat down. So when we talk about counties, there's four administrative counties in Dublin and Dunleary rat down is one of them. And they had an average price of 534. So that would be for the whole. That's um, me now. That's you. Well, there you go. You're still at over half half a million. Uh, Longford was the um, the cheapest um Tipperary, 117,000. Waterford, 114,000. Wexford, considerably uh, better at 162,000. Now, these are average prices in April. Okay, I know you don't like me asking you questions. (laughs) No, no, dare I interrupt. Like, Wexford, I'm thinking holiday homes here. Do you know whether these are, you don't know about the holiday homes or whether they're that, houses for inhabitants? So that, in- that's split about whether or not they're first time buyers or owner occupiers or that kind of people moving yeah. sideways by county is possibly on the website so you'd have to go on and have okay. a look at the tables right. I okay. can only sorry for, I, no sorry you're for fine I can only slice and dice it so many ways yeah <laughs> um, so whereas looking at the average prices and how they change so I was in here six months ago talking to you about this um, the average price of a house in Mayo in October 2016 was 111,000 and now in April uh, 2017 is 136,000 so it's gone up by 25,000 yeah. and that's about the largest increase in average prices but again that's probably that's because Enda Kenny is living over there the houses have gone up imagine living close to Enda Kenny to be a premium on your house so this is interesting right for people you who dismiss that <laughs> as a theory <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, I was, go on. I was thinking about the next thing I was going to say, I have to admit. So if you look at it, um, so I'm a statistician and, you know, numbers fascinate me. And then statistics get a bad name because of lies, damn lies and all that sort of thing. And it really is about how numbers are interpreted. So the average price of a house in Ireland in October last year was 250000 and now it's 243000 Lo and behold, prices have gone down but they haven't gone down because of that concept I was talking about about how we remove the quality and the geographic aspects of houses and we say on a like for like basis So You're heterogeneous My heterogeneousness So if if the average has come down it's probably because there's a lower quality of house more lower quality houses coming on the market and it could be that in the first year and a half of if you like the current you know um, housing boom I guess we're going to have to call it that now the better quality houses came on the market and were snapped up first yeah, no, so I, it's important from a you know understanding the numbers point of view so that when people do go onto the website they know what they're looking there for There was a headline the Irish Independent um, this week or last week that there were 30,000 properties uh, empty no I didn't in my I forgot you were coming in and I didn't Mm. uh, study it closely enough. But in this study then, the the question of empty houses doesn't come into this because you're only looking at prices and you're only looking at prices of houses that sold. That's right. So, but I mean, the, the whole empty property, vacant property statistics 
they're produced from the census. So I think I was in talking you about were. them. No, you weren't and indeed. And we, we showed 183,000 vacant properties around Ireland. Now, when you drill into that, a lot of them are detached properties in rural areas. But having said that, there's still significant numbers of vacant apartments and vacant properties in Dublin. So what we did was we put up uh, tables of uh, data showing where the vacant properties are at small area level. And I think the housing agency and people like the Peter McFerry Trust are drilling into that data now and trying to find where these vacant properties are so that they can convert them into accommodation. You know, if you like to speed up this whole idea of getting yeah. property back into the market, you know, because by the time they get the JCBs out and start, you know, laying the pipes and the wires, like it'll probably be yeah. a couple of we, years we, before. We should get a bus ticket for Peter McFerry to Longford and he could whiz up there and he get a ton of properties fairly well, cheap. Well, do you remember they had that rural relocation scheme yeah. and I think that's that's what that was about. Yeah. Um, look, for sure, Peter People are starting to move out because on my index, I think it's showing prices in the border regions are going up the fastest and, and in the West. And maybe people are starting to step into that kind of buying holiday homes again as well, you know, because like prices, they have been but, low, uh, but I think. But you, know, you couldn't possibly move up to Cavan because you wouldn't understand the word they spoke. I, I would in Cavan. It'd be, if I moved to Cork, <laughs> I'd have problems. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> For you've been in here now for I don't know twenty minutes, and you—that's the first time you mentioned Cork. Oh What's dear. your objection to mentioning Cork? Should the CSO is in Cork? I love Cork. How could I not love Cork? Hello to all my colleagues down in Cork. The average price of a house in Cork City was two hundred and forty-nine thousand. I don't in believe April 2017. that. I don't believe that. In what regard? Very cheap for Cork City. Well, yeah. Do you not think? But like I said, you know, you'd have to look at the mix no, of, I of properties that, that went Jan. into that basket, that. you know, and it could be as few Georges as 50, 60, 80 properties, you know. And no, the I'm reason sure I, yeah, sorry, the reason I ask you that question is mm. not for my own thing, but people might be listening and say, hold on there, Deirdre, I'm trying to buy a house in Cork and I can't find one for 240. We have to, yeah. we have to have the caveat each time. But but if people can't find them, you know, a certain number of properties were sold in April. We added up the total value and we divided by the number of properties. And and that's that's the average price. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the index, like I said, it it does all this this quality. Now, that's Cork City. Yeah, Cork Any County. Any news for like Clonakilty uh, residents? 218,000 if you move outside the city. Really? Yeah. Not very much different. I'm surprised again. There's much more detail on the website because I can only bring in so much stuff. George, you tease me every week about how many notes I bring in. <laughs> um, but there's uh, average prices for all the postcodes all over Ireland. So it drills right down to small areas in, in the west of Cork and Kerry and a huge wealth of data there for people to, to drill into. And this index goes up every month. So people can keep a close eye on it. And if people are looking at it, you know, they should read the background notes because they're important and they help people to, now, to understand. I, um, you done. mentioned your colleagues in Cork, right? Have you got colleagues now in, like, say, London? And, and do does CSO Ireland share information with CSO England or whatever it's called, for instance? So share information wouldn't be the right way to put it. So a lot of the statistics that we compile are done under a European legislation and regulations issued by Eurostat which is the European Statistical Agency and so we compile our index according to a regulation and the UK would as well and we'd feed that data in so people could go onto the Eurostat website 
and get information on the index. Now, I don't imagine the average house price stuff is part of the okay. of that data feed. All right, listen. I know where you're going to go with this then. Sorry, go. They, they do not know where I'm going to go with this. But here's an interesting thing. I thought you were going to go Brexit and so the UK won't be... No, I wasn't actually, okay. smarty. I wasn't. <laughs> the interesting thing I think might be, because you're saying, like, the listeners might want to go into your stuff. Like, I'm a listener. I'm the average guy. I wouldn't know where to start, Was right? a link on the CSO website? I know. Yeah, but, but <laughs> give me a chance. Sorry. You're paying me back now for interrupting you with your heterogeneous remark. Do you notice the way I slipped in caveat just to demonstrate my verbal skills? Do you know what might be interesting? To say, compare, like if you take Cork, population X, right? Now, if you got found a German city, population X, or a French city, population, it'd be very interesting, like how much you pay for a house in Toulouse, for argument's sake. Do you know, versus uh, Cork. Because again, if if the fella in Dublin 14 could sell for 5.62, he might fancy (laughs) zipping off to Toulouse and watching a bit of rugby on a Saturday. That'd be the place to go now, George. (laughs) Just stay away from the Mediterranean. It's too crowded. Tommy (laughs) from Drimna says, is heterogeneous a clever man attracted to intelligent women? (laughs) Tommy, interesting you should mention that. We're covering it on Friday in Here Come the Girls because the latest information from the CSO is that very intelligent women are having difficulty finding men. And we're covering it on Friday. All the information supplied by my guest, George Cullen, Chief Statistician at the CSO. Well, that's it for today. To Eva Breen, to Alex Russo, uh, to Roisin Duffy, to Kira Courtney, and of course, the greatest technician north of Sydney, Australia, Michael Quilligan. And, oh, Peter Steers, I nearly forgot him. Of course, he's only a young fella, so I kind of forget him. Uh, Shaman Creeps up next. I'm here tomorrow at Guess High Noon.